Season 1, Episode 2, My Anxiety, Mike Caswell. Now let's talk about something else that no one really likes to talk about. That's suicide. I lost a good friend. I'm not going to mention any names, but he was a great friend of mine that I used to travel with everywhere. He decided to kill himself on New Year's Eve. Now, let's rewind a little bit. I known him for over three years. I used to call him and talk to him all the time on the phone. It was always nice to talk to him. We used to talk for hours and hours and hours on the phone, laughing all the time. He made me laugh. Oh, gosh, did he make me laugh. Just a really, really funny, funny guy. And he was good what he did. But I saw that he was slipping away. He was falling down really hard. And I felt that he was asking for help. But nobody was there to help him. No one was there to grab him or catch him. Well, as I stated, he died on New Year's Eve. Two weeks before that, I called him and did a practical joke on him. And I called him and I said, so what'd you think of the joke? He laughed. He said, hey, homie, I can't talk to you right now, but I'll talk to you soon. I'll never forget those words. It made me cry, made me think about where I'm at. Am I doing the right thing? Am I on the right journey? Am I on the right direction? A friend of mine for over, like I said, many years, that him and I were able to connect, he decided to take his life, decide to end everything. My journey is about suicide. 2019, I thought about killing myself. I thought about dying. Not many people knew that. Not many people know that I existed. I'll never forget it. Something you really think about suicide is something that is so dark and twisted you would never think in a million years that you wanted to end your life and just call it quits. You travel somewhere else when you think of suicide. You really think, you don't think of yourself. You don't think of anyone else in your life. All you think about is just ending it right then and now. How can I make a mark on this planet? Oh yeah, by killing myself. By taking my life, no one's going to miss me. So, 
I try to. But then I had support. Now, I mentioned in episode one, I didn't really have a lot of support. But the support I'm going to tell you about is my nephew and niece. I started thinking about them. How much I love them. Plus, I have pets. I have a cat. She knows when I'm sad. She knows when I'm upset. She knows when I'm mad or happy. She delivers a message of hope to me because she jumps on the chair, puts her head on my heart, and listens to me. Almost like a, a weighted blanket, a weight putting hard down your chest, telling you that you're not going to do anything. I'm going to listen to you. A cat. One cat with hair, whiskers. I feel that cats sometimes don't want to be bothered. But they could sense when you are sad. Dog, cats, whatever pet you have, they are there to help you on your saddest days and your days that are happy. They don't know. They don't know what you go through financially. They don't know when you're having a happy day or a sad day. They just know you exist. But my cat sensed that. My cat walked over and jumped and laid with me. You're not going anywhere, buddy. That's how I felt the cat felt about me. That I'm not going to go anywhere. Just a, a security blanket. A blanket of hope and help to deliver to me to let me know I am your support. I am better than medication. I'm better than anything else that you have out there right now, buddy. And this cat is telling me that. In my head, I feel like the cat is telling me that. I am finding out that maybe pets could be my best friend. That the cat is my way, is my way of handling everyday issues. I wish that everybody should have an animal. Everyone should have an animal in their life. Dog, cat, bird, fish. Whatever makes you happy, it takes you away from the darkness and gives you light. Gives you hope. Gives you choices. But that choice is not killing yourself. It's giving you a choice of to live on, to move on, to move forward, to have a future.
I never thought one animal could do that to you. But, as I mentioned, my nephew and niece were always my medication. Better than a Xanax or smoking weed or drinking beer or whatever your way of to escape from reality. I knew that I needed to see their future. I needed to know that I could move on and grow with them. I am constantly learning this. Every day I'm learning and learning and learning and learning. Nonstop. Sure, there's services out there every day that you can call or text. Someone you can talk to who can listen to you. I need someone daily. And maybe who are listening, if I have very few listeners or that one person that listens, probably can relate to this. <clears throat> that only person you can rely on or count on is yourself. And that glimmer of hope or help, you will find that your pets or someone out there will bring you along on that travel, that road, that journey, that adventure. Now, I know I'm a little scattered everywhere in the episodes from episode one and then episode two. But I'm trying to put a lot into it to understand what type of person I am. How you can understand me and how you feel. Maybe something you can relate to every day. So my psychologist said, why don't you do something that you really love? I love taking pictures, photography. It's my escape. It's my way of, my unconditioned love. I love looking at pictures. I love seeing people with happy faces. I've seen sad faces. I've seen tragedy and I've seen hope. But I love it. I love taking pictures. It's a passion of mine. Pictures and videos. And I love to travel. I want to travel around the world. I want to check everything. But with my camera, I want to take pictures to bring on those memories. And never forget them. And never let them go. What's your thoughts? What's your passion? What makes you tick? Now, I also want to mention to you, again, not to get off subject or anything else, but I also want to mention about trigger, triggering the words, words that trigger. Now, 
when something bad or something triggers you, you have to figure something way to get away from that. When I listen to music, it triggers me into sadness. And certain songs now, not every song, certain songs, certain things that make me think about my life, my history, my family, whatever the situation that I was in, I cannot stop thinking about it. I can't. It makes me cry. So, I'm taking pictures. That pictures make me forget about the people in my life that passed away. My role models. My, the people that I used to talk to with my, my, you know, my secrets and people that, that held on saying, Mike, you're a great guy. Hold on. Everything's going to be all right. Stay strong. And they're dying off. So, in some ways, I'm telling you how I able to get through this. Now, each person, each individual will have different things, different ways to handle stress. Anxiety, depression, PTSD. My way of doing it is maybe through this podcast. And you listening... To my journal, you, you could say, maybe this will help you understand how I can handle or what you get through. And now keep in mind, comment below the, the podcast and tell me what you think of it. And tell me what helps you get through your day. Tell me what triggers you. Like I said, music triggers me. Certain TV shows trigger me. So when I get triggered and I start feeling sad and unwanted or alone or isolated, I start thinking about taking pictures. Then I look at my old photos. And you would say by looking at the photos, that might trigger you. But the pictures that I have are not sad pictures. Picture of happiness, the great times, the times that made me smile, happy tears, just happy crying, just happy, happy, happy smiling. Those pictures remind me of my past, my history. It's weird. They don't make me sad at all. But listening to music will trigger me to be in a different realm, a different universe. I just hate listening to music sometimes. I turn it off completely. You know, another thing you're going to find weird and strange that I'm starting to hate too is social media. 
even still I use social media as my way, my tool to to get my podcast out there. I hate it. There's so many angry people out there. And that triggers me. The negativity. And people say, well, just remove it. It's not that easy. If you have anxiety or depression, it's not that easy to eliminate someone. It's hard to make decisions. You know this. People with anxiety know this for a fact, that it's hard to make a decision. It's hard to go to the doorknob, turn it, open up the door, and then leave. It's never easy. But I still do it, and it's something at some point in my life I have to say it's over over with social media completely but then I'll be alone I don't know maybe create a blog create a website maybe people will come and read it maybe people will learn and understand I also hate negative negative people Negative people, you don't need negativity people in your life. People that surround you that are just totally negative and jealous of what you have every day of your life. I worked really hard to get what I needed. And you still get people to oppose you. I like to purchase Funko Pops. (laughs) And that might sound silly, but it's a a collection of mine. It's a hobby. I love collecting toys, old toys for a long time. But people are saying, you're wasting your money. Well, it's my money. It's my toys. I can play with it. You can't. You are not me, you are you. And certain people with the same conditions do different things that make them happy. Maybe purchasing cars, airplanes, houses. I don't know what that is. I don't know what they do. And that's your journey. That's your job to figure out what you need to do. My biggest situation is my life is to make sure that I'm happy and no one else can stop that. I don't want to go back to that dark spot, but feeling depressed, feeling sad, feeling unwanted, feeling isolated. I don't want to be in my own little circle. I want to be with a circle of friends. But I don't want to be heavily medicated either. I don't want drugs allow me to be balanced. I want to balance my own little world. And finding happiness, I feel, is the best chemical drug out there today positive people will do positive things 
And a lot of people will say, well, it's easy, you know, just eliminate negative people. I have a hard time doing that. Maybe you're strong enough. You have the ability to just eliminate anyone in your life. You know, I always see abusive relationships. Women that be abused constantly end up going back to that guy that abused them. And I never knew why. I never understood why. Why would a woman constantly get abused and go to a person that doesn't appreciate her but just being appreciated to get beat on? A bloody lip, a black eye, broken bones. And it's like any other anxiety or depression. They have no one else to go to except that beatdown, that beating. That's all they know. That's the only thing that makes sense is that they go back to that same problem, same issue. They call it a toxic relationship. Something that this toxicity, I don't know what you call it. See how crazy I'm talking now? The, the toxic part of it is that you want go back to a punch in the face. A kick in the balls, kick in the shin, kick in the knees, whatever you want to call it. But the thing is, is that they want to go back to it because that's all they know. And that's the same thing how I feel about being on social media. It's not that easy to delete, to remove, to eliminate. Drinking, doing drugs, whatever. It's not that easy. It's their way to escape from the real world. And nobody wants to be in that real world. That reality. I feel like we're in a real world reality show sometimes. You know, it's so surreal how much it feels that you decide sometimes, like, this is all I know. That ugliness. The people that might listen to this or share it or, you know, people that have anxiety, they understand where I'm going through. But friends and people don't want to get involved when they see an abusive, toxic relationship. They always feel like it's your responsibility it's your job, your decision to get out of it. And I'm starting to think like, no, maybe it is our role to be to be in charge. Maybe go over and help that person or talk to them to get out of it. No one takes the time to talk to people. I feel that people are arrogant, you know, irrational thinkers anymore. They're only out for themselves and no one else. That's why we have social workers. Because they want to care for your needs. Why should we pay for someone to care for your needs? Why should I pay someone to listen to me? 
Shouldn't be the one that you live with or you love should listen to you with no question about it? Or maybe I'm asking too much. Maybe sharing that same problem, you don't want to bring them down with you. Why should my shit be your shit? Why? Maybe you need to ask yourself that. Is it worth to be in that shit? Are you worried about me that much that you want to talk to me and care and just say hello? I want to say thank you and hope you have a great morning, that I love you. I miss that sometimes hearing the word love. Just thinking about it makes me want to cry. It's sad that I don't even hear that anymore sometimes. Not knowing if someone loves you or not. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to really dig into this love part of it. But I do feel that sometimes that you're not loved and no one says that. Husband, wife, kids, whatever the situation is. Unconditional love. Like I said in the early episode two here of this podcast, I I stated that only unconditional love I might get is from an animal. But the animal doesn't say I love you. They show another way of loving you by laying on your chest, headbutting you, nudging you, um, rubbing their body next to your leg, allowing them to pet them and feed them and give them water and brush them. That's unconditional love. That's love that we give to a pet. But the pet doesn't say... I love you. He just, the cat shows it in a different way. You know, people show love in a different way. You know, oh, well, I just thought I'd get you a bowl of cereal. That's your way of saying I love you, I guess. Or punching a woman in the face and creating PTSD for them is their way of showing love. Because that's the love they got growing up. I can honestly say that I never had an abusive relationship that created that. I had great role models and great people in my life that I used to talk to. And they're gone. And those people used to say, I love you, but disappeared. It's hard to see them go. Thinking about it in my head constantly, playing over and over and over and over and over and over again. It never ends. It's like a movie. It really is. It plays out in your head like a movie, 
like a black and white film with no words when you see the ones that you were with. The hugs. You know, another thing that I really missed that I wish I was a lot closer was with my grandparents. I wish that there was more of a connection with them. When I did have the chance to see my grandfather or my grandmother, it always made me smile. And I always loved the word he used the word kiddo. K-I-D-D-O. Hey, kiddo. How you doing today? What's new? What's going on? But as a kid growing up, you don't want to hang out with your grandparents. But I love my grandparents. I, you know, and the one thing I always love is being the mama's boy, being close to your mom. Your mom is your best friend. There's no question about it. She will be there. She is your guardian. She's your defender. I give a lot of credit to the single moms out there who raise kids today. You deserve You deserve the credit. It's tough today. What a tough world we live in. Raising children. The father's not there. The person's not there who you thought was supposed to be with you. Gone. There's a lot of messages. Maybe a lot of of stuff that I'm giving you. But... I'm only trying to do 30 minutes of podcast up to the uh, episode eight, and then I'll go later on. I need a, you need a breather after talking about your life over and over and over again to complete strangers that I'm hoping that are willing to listen. But what a journey. 44 years old, I was married and I got a divorce. I thought she loved me. I cried. I was so sad. But like they say, it's meant to be. I love how people say that. You know, well, you could just find someone else better. I thought she was better. I thought she was the one. I thought she would be the one to be with me for the rest of my life. But to end that note, I said I would do 30 minutes of podcast uh, and up to eight episodes. So I'm going to try to do one daily or every other day on a show. So right now, um, looks like it's going to be 31 minutes. My name is Mike Caswell, and thank you for listening to My Anxiety. Hello, and welcome to My Anxiety, Mike Caswell. It's like a journal for me because now I'm on season one, episode three, and my level of anxiety now is at a six today. Mondays are gruesome. It's horrible with Mondays. I cannot stand Mondays. Mondays are the worst day of my life. And it's probably the worst 
for anybody who has anxiety, depression, or non-anxiety or depression. People that go to work hate Mondays. People write about it all the time. Why do we have Mondays? Monday is the first day of the week that gives us hell and we never know where it starts. It's terrible. I wake up sort of grimacing just with an upset stomach with, a, with the butterflies, the shakes, the, uh, just with a panic attack not knowing what today is going to be like because today is Monday. It delivers a message of no hope on Monday. That's how I feel when it deals with a Monday. Monday does, it drives me crazy because I cannot wait to get to the weekend. When I was working at the time, I would constantly... Couldn't wait. I was very impatient. I wanted to get through the weekend. I don't, nothing else matters. It just, that drive, that anxiety, that adrenaline that would just kick in and just say, I just can't wait to get for the weekend. Because the weekends are safe. It was a way to protect me. I would, because I'm an introvert. And if you're listening, you would probably realize this now that I don't like to go out. I like to stay inside. I like to close the curtains. I like it when it's nice and dark. I put a blanket on for security. I lay my head on a pillow in a fetal position on a couch just staring at the TV. I'll watch Netflix, I'll watch Hulu, I'll watch Apple TV, I'll watch anything that's on TV. Some of it doesn't make any sense to me. Some of it does make sense to me. Some of it is just driving me crazy. But that's my drive. I feel safe. Not worried. I'm not afraid when I'm in my own little home. I feel protected. No one's coming to get me. I talked to the counselor about this. You know, why? Should I get out? Should I do something? When I step out the door, I start getting nervous. I'm afraid. The world is crazy. All around me is crazy, crazy, crazy. Don't know what the world's going to be like. I'm not getting into politics. Nothing political. I'm just saying I feel unsafe. I'm not talking about you who's listening. Maybe you feel the same way. I have Amazon delivering my packages. I have ShipIt that has delivers my groceries. I don't want to leave the house. I'd rather have it delivered to me 
at my own time, at my own pace, my own way. This is how I feel on an everyday basis. I want to know what I'm getting and what I'm seeing. I have security cameras. Paranoia kicks in. I watch the cameras constantly. When I watch the people come to the door. Now, we're in a pandemic. um, And the pandemic is even more... It enhances my paranoia. I'm checking the delivery person, making sure they're wearing masks, that they're clean, they're at a distance. They're not... I'm not at danger at that distance with them. And I order everything from Target to Walmart to Amazon, wherever it is, delivering my food and dropping it off at my house, to my haven, to my castle, to my palace. This is how I deliver... This is my anxiety. This is my little crazy world that I live in. And I'm hoping that I'm delivering the message to you, the listener, that listening to this. And maybe you're going through the same thing. I don't know. It does drive me crazy. (laughs) No question about it. The fear. The fear. It's being afraid. In my episodes uh, from one and two, I mentioned about love, things that I love to do. I don't know if I really talked about fear. I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of needles. I'm afraid to leave the house. I'm afraid. I feel like I'm afraid of everything. And I was like this in high school. What if my castle wasn't afraid (laughs) I laugh but it's so true I'll never forget that I was terrified of everything paranoia kicks in you just want to be left alone you don't care about a relationship you're in or thinking about anybody else's well-being. You're thinking about yourself and how to survive. It's so horrible way. It's a horrible way to live, isn't it? I mean, you would think that you can be yourself, and sometimes you can't. You got to pretend you got to constantly lie. you got to be someone else. you got to be something else that people want. There's so many fake people out there pretending, wanting, greed, whatever it is. But And maybe, again, I'm me. The scared guy, the scaredy cat, the man who is terrified of everything. I don't know. I feel 
that maybe I should walk out the door, get in a car and drive. Maybe it'll be all right. No one else is in the car. Why I don't want any friends, I don't know. But I do have friends. I do communicate. I do connect with people. But sometimes I just want to be alone. And I don't want anybody near me. Listen to me. Just want to look out the window, watch the rain drops. The rain hitting the ground. Wiping out the snow, wiping out the grass and making it all muddy and dirty. Why I walk, only time I walk outside the house is to get my mail. And that's later on. I don't want my hands dirty. So I walk out, grab the mail late at night. No one's around. And I sneak back inside the house like no one's ever seen me. Probably hundreds of people have seen me. And I live on a busy road. Cars going up and down the road all the time. But I don't want to be noticed. I don't. I don't want the popularity. Really, I'm surprised if one or two people do listen to this and maybe you're just annoyed by listening to it. I don't know if I'm changing anything, but this is reality. This is how it is. Seconds turning into minutes, minutes turning into hours. Having a hard time sleeping or adjusting to sleep. There's times where you're just bored and you just want to eat. And the temptation of like, hey, maybe I just want to get drunk and just get away from reality for once. This is my reality. Being an alcoholic. Getting involved with drugs. Doing something to get your mind off it. Isn't that something? Wow. People will never understand what we go through at a daily basis. People will never, ever understand. They think they understand. They think they they got it. <laughs> Not even close. People will never understand what we have and what we do. I feel in some ways that people with anxiety and also depression, with PTSD or whatever mental illness you might have, we're like mutants. Um, we have different abilities. Maybe we're the smart ones and the other ones are just the stupid ones. Maybe we know... Our senses pick up and we can tell when fear is nearby. It's like our spidey senses that we can tell. 
and detect when there's trouble. We could pick up around people all the time that are nearby. We know that we're in danger in the fear. People don't, confident people, narcissist people, don't care about that. They walk with no fear. They walk with confidence. They don't care about getting punched in the face. They don't get, care about getting kicked in the stomach. They don't care about that stuff. We do. People with anxiety do. Sleeping, waking up, screaming with panic attacks and horrible nightmares. This is something we live with in our head, but we're not alone. A lot of important people in this world had that same issue. So you're not alone. We're not alone, people. The good thing is that we're surrounded by a lot of other talented people with imaginations. J.K. Rowling was a great example why she created Harry Potter. With her depression and her anxiety and all that, she created her own little world. I feel the same way. I feel like I create a deliver a message to people with anxiety that there's hope. A chance, a glimmer of hope that you can create your own little Harry Potter world. Surrounding your own kingdom. Your own thing. Wouldn't that be something? Creating your own world and then seeing it in a movie or in a book? I'm constantly writing. And I know that people with anxiety... uh, journal all the time. Maybe this is my way of journaling to you, talking to you, the people that understand now, what understand what I'm going through. I go through this all the time. You know what's funny? I think that there's times I could recall that I used to make fun of people that had anxiety in depression and wouldn't listen to them. I wouldn't listen to them. Mm. I would ignore it. I was that guy, that narcissist, that, you know, the bully, you could say. And I didn't care. You're making excuses why you can't come out and do something. I never realized how horrible it was how tough it was that what I was doing. I was discriminating discriminating against other people that had anxiety and also depression. I didn't realize how much I was hurting them. Rather encourage them, I was putting them down. You know, you think that I would have been that guy really nice and everything, but I wasn't. I wasn't. With anger issues, I... You you become angry about everything, and you snap at people, and you you're loud and clear, and you just get angry with people constantly about everything. You have no control of your anger, no control at all. You just go out and you yell and scream. That's why I'm creating this podcast called My Anxiety because I'm 
letting people know that you're not alone when you do this. You're not alone. You're not alone at all. You are probably yelling at someone right now or driving somewhere to your location. We're going in full circle now. This all comes back to Mondays. Monday starts off, you wake up, some of you brush your teeth, some of you don't brush your teeth, some of you shower, some of you don't shower, some of you just don't give a shit. You're just saying, fuck it. I don't care. You get in that car, you're driving to your workplace. And you're afraid. Is today my last day or I'm going to work here? You're taking Imodium. You're taking Pepto because you know what? Your stomach's all upset. It's irritable. You're just freaking the fuck out. You're like, oh my God. So, and this is day one of your job. And you just can't wait for the weekend so you can finally relax. But when, because your brain is working on overdrive, you can't take it anymore and you just pass right out. Your way of getting out, maybe smoking weed, maybe drinking beer, maybe eating, maybe watching Netflix, maybe whatever it is, but your brain is on overdrive, constantly thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. What am I going to do? And that is on day one. That's Monday. Then you go into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Ah, Is that something? Just. And then you don't know you have that boss, that manager who is the dick. Who drives to drives you crazy and pushes your point and pushes your button. They don't care if you have anxiety. They don't care if you have depression. They don't care if you have PTSD. They don't care if you have anger management. They don't care if you've been abused. They don't give a fuck. They only care about the business. Do your job. That's it. You don't do it, don't worry. We'll replace you with someone else. They don't care. They don't care. And that's something. They they drive you crazy and you can't do anything about it because you're afraid you might lose your job. That you can't pay your bills. Might not have my house, might not have my car, might not have anything. I don't know how I'm going to live. And when you do get some extra money, you're like, hey, what? I want to buy something like video games, comic books, uh, toys, TVs, electronics, whatever it is that makes you happy. Because you felt like I need to be rewarded because I worked an eight-hour job. And it's not a job that I really wanted. It's not a job that I went to school for. It's a job that drives me crazy. And this is on Monday. 
keep that in mind. Just day one. And you have to get to Tuesday. And you tolerate the shit. You deal with it. The eight hours of abuse. And some of you might come home and start yelling at the ones you love. Your wife, your family, whatever it is, your significant other. You are constantly yelling at that person. Snapping out. And then your way to calm down is sitting on the couch or the chair and watching television. Tell me I'm wrong. Comment something differently. Tell me that I am totally wrong what I'm saying. Maybe I am wrong. I don't know. And I don't care. Because I'm telling you my own experience, my anxiety that I go through on a daily basis. And maybe you don't go through that. Maybe you deal with shit every day. I hate dealing with shit and I don't want to deal with it. Why should I deserve? Why do I deserve to live in shit, deep in shit all the time? I don't deserve that. You don't deserve that. Nobody deserves that. But we go through it. We tolerate it. We live through it just on the first day of the week. Well, and I also want to mention happy March. March Madness, that's what they call it, March Madness. And it is mad and it's crazy because the weather is changing and the weather could play a factor in how your moods are. You know, it's cold. You don't want to go out. You don't want to do anything. You want to be hibernating inside your house. You know, don't want to get out. Don't want to leave. And then when it gets nice and warm, you're like, maybe, maybe I'll leave the house. And maybe I'll walk. Maybe. Or maybe do nothing at all. You need to find that zen. You need to find what makes you happy. Fat, skinny, whatever you are, you need to be happy with yourself. And you got to love yourself. And you got to tell yourself that every day. That I fucking love myself every fucking day. You need to deliver that message to yourself. No one else is going to control you. You got to control your own destiny. You need to control your own way, your own path, a road that you need to travel. Spiritually, I am very spiritual, um, and I do not deny it. People deny it. Oh, I'm like they're ashamed that they believe in God, but there's people that believe in ghosts. Doesn't mean I'm. I don't believe in ghosts. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But it allows me to get through my day. Believing in something allows me to get through my day. And that's the point. Believing in something, believing in money, believing in knowing that you have a future, believe in a retirement, believe whatever it is that gets through that day. I pray and I say to God, please help me get through this day. I need to get through this day. And please, I ask you nicely, please, I don't want to get fired. 
I don't want to lose my job. I want to buy something nice. I want to do something that's rewarding. Now, every year, every year, I give money to St. Jude's Hospital. It's not the it's not this karma or zen or whatever it is. It's doing the right thing. It makes me feel good about it. Helping someone else. Maybe doing this podcast is rewarding to me knowing that I'm helping someone. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe I'm making it worse. I don't know. We'll have to see where it goes. I have five more episodes. We'll have to see. And maybe we'll have some people smiling, knowing that I can relate to that. I definitely understand what he's going through at a daily basis. I (laughs) can't stand people... And the thing I always say is I can't stand negative people. But maybe what I'm explaining, maybe I'm negative. And that's the people that I want to be surrounded by. I don't know. Or maybe I'm surrounded by people that are positive. They always say surround yourself by positive people at, at every day of your life. But when you go to work, you don't surround by you surround, you surround yourself with all type of people. Bad, good, ugly, whatever it is. It, you're surrounded by all types of people. And you can't bounce that off of you, that negativity, that, that angry customer that comes in. I don't know if you're dealing with customers. Maybe you're dealing with graphic arts or maybe you're just dealing with, you know, you're a chef or a restaurant. You don't deal with dealing with the customers. You're dealing with the that, that asshole manager or the owner of something, you know, listening to them, telling you what to do. You're a lot smarter than that. You know what to say, what to do and how to, how to do your job. I just want to be left alone. I don't need you to watch right over me what I'm doing. Just leave me alone. Allow me to do my job. And I promise you with results that I will do my job. But don't fuck with me. That's the only thing I ask is do not fuck with me. Allow me be me, who I am at a everyday basis. I don't want to be you. I just want to be me. And that's who... I always wanted to be, you know, I just wanted to be left alone and just do, do what I have to do, get paid. And then there's times where I do want someone to come over and see someone, hold their hand, hug them, kiss them. Maybe that will be my next episode, talking about being alone, alone, dying. Uh, See, again, my emotions are kicking out, and I 
always scares me to know what I'm going to say next. I don't know. I don't know. But my fear is being alone. I died once. That's the truth. I was in Ocean City, Maryland, and I was walking. And I felt like shit. I'm sitting in a chair. Uh, no, I'm, excuse me. I'm sitting on a bench and uh, getting up and I'm feeling oozy. And they had to call an ambulance. And people around me did not want to help. Not at all. They, look at, they looked at me like I was an alcoholic. They didn't care. I'm throwing up. I'm, and I'm ready to collapse and crash. And this was it. I get in the ambulance. They had to defib me. Use a defibrillator just to shock my heart to get me going. Isn't that something? And then I get to the hospital. It's almost surreal. And I'm seeing lights in a circle. And I'm feeling that this is it. I'm going to die. But the doctor saved my life. He got me through it. It made me closer to God. Maybe closer than ever before. Because of death. But I'll talk more about that. Dying alone or being alone. It's a scary thing. And that's another anxiety issue that a lot of people go through. But I'm happy that I'm able to share, share my story with you. Please share, comment. And then you can always email me, M-C-A-Z-M-A-N-7-6 at gmail.com. At any time, if you have any questions about my podcast, um, I hope you enjoy it. And again, my anxiety, Mike Caswell. And thank you again and enjoy your Monday. Hello, and welcome to My Anxiety, Mike Caswell. It's like a journal for me because now I'm on season one, episode three, and my level of anxiety now is at a six today. Mondays are gruesome, it's horrible with Mondays. I cannot stand Mondays. Mondays are the worst day of my life. And it's probably the worst for anybody who has anxiety, depression, or non-anxiety or depression. People that go to work hate Mondays. People write about it all the time. Why do we have Mondays? Monday is the first day of the week that gives us hell and we never know where it starts. It's terrible. I wake up sort of grimacing just with an upset stomach with, a, with the butterflies, the shakes, the, uh, just with a panic attack. Not knowing what today is going to be like because today is Monday. 
It delivers a message of no hope on Monday. That's how I feel when it deals with a Monday. Monday does, it drives me crazy because I cannot wait to get to the weekend. When I was working at the time, I would constantly, couldn't wait. I was very impatient. I wanted to get through the weekend. I don't, nothing else matters. It just, that drive, that anxiety, that adrenaline that we just kick in and just say, I just can't wait to get for the weekend because the weekends are safe. It was a way to protect me. I would, because I'm an introvert. And if you're listening, you would probably realize this now that I don't like to go out. I like to stay inside. I like to close the curtains. I like it when it's nice and dark. I put a blanket on for security. I lay my head on a pillow in a fetal position on a couch, just staring at the TV. I'll watch Netflix, I'll watch Hulu, I'll watch Apple TV, I'll watch anything that's on TV. Some of it doesn't make any sense to me. Some of it does make sense to me. Some of it is just driving me crazy. But that's my drive. I feel safe. Not worried. I'm not afraid when I'm in my own little home. I feel protected. No one's coming to get me. I talked to the counselor about this. You know, why? Should I get out? Should I do something? When I step out the door, I start getting nervous. I'm afraid. The world is crazy. All around me is crazy, crazy, crazy. Don't know what the world's going to be like. I'm not getting into pol- politics. Nothing political. I'm just saying I feel unsafe. I'm not talking about you who's listening. Maybe you feel the same way. I have Amazon delivering my packages. I have ShipIt that has delivers my groceries. I don't want to leave the house. I'd rather have it delivered to me at my own time, at my own pace, my own way. This is how I feel on an everyday basis. I want to know what I'm getting and what I'm seeing. I have security cameras. Paranoia kicks in. I watch the cameras constantly. When I watch the people come to the door. Now, we're in a pandemic. um, And the pandemic is even more... It enhances my paranoia. I, I'm checking the delivery person, making sure they're wearing masks, they're, that they're clean, they're at a distance. They're not, I'm not at danger. 
at that distance with them. And I order everything from Target to Walmart to Amazon, wherever it is, delivering my food and dropping it off at my house to my haven, to my castle, to my palace. This is how I deliver. This is my anxiety. This is my little crazy world that I live in. And I'm hoping that I'm delivering the message to you, the listener, that listening to this. And maybe you're going through the same thing. I don't know. It does drive me crazy. (laughs) No question about it. The fear. The fear. It's... Being afraid. In my episodes uh, from one and two, I mentioned about love, things that I love to do. I don't know if I really talked about fear. I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of needles. I'm afraid to leave the house. I'm afraid. I feel like I'm afraid of everything. And I was like this in high school. What if my castle wasn't afraid? (laughs) I laugh. But it's so true. I'll never forget that. I was terrified of everything. Paranoia kicks in. You just want to be left alone. You don't care about a relationship you're in. Or thinking about anybody else's well-being. You're thinking about yourself and how to survive. It's so horrible way. It's a horrible way to live, isn't it? I mean, you would think that you can be yourself. And sometimes you can't. You got to pretend you got to constantly lie. You got to be someone else. You got to be something else that people want. There's so many fake people out there pretending, wanting, greed, whatever it is. But, and maybe, again, I'm me. The scared guy, the scaredy cat, the man who is terrified of everything. I don't know. I feel that maybe I should walk out the door, get in a car and drive. Maybe it'll be all right. No one else is in the car. Why I don't want any friends, I don't know. But I do have friends. I do communicate. I do connect with people. But sometimes I just want to be alone. I don't want anybody near me. Listen to me. Just want to look out the window. Watch the rain drops. The rain hitting the ground. Wiping out the snow, wiping out the grass and making it all muddy 
and dirty. Why I walk. Only time I walk outside the house is to get my mail. And that's later on. I don't want my hands dirty. So I walk out, grab the mail, late at night, when no one's around. And I sneak back inside the house like no one's ever seen me. Probably hundreds of people have seen me. And I live on a busy road. Cars going up and down the road all the time. But I don't want to be noticed. I don't. I don't want the popularity. Really, I'm surprised if one or two people do listen to this. And maybe you're just annoyed by listening to it. I don't know if I'm changing anything, but this is reality. This is how it is. Seconds turning into minutes, minutes turning into hours. Having a hard time sleeping or adjusting to sleep. There's times where you're just bored and you just want to eat. And the temptation of like, hey, maybe I just want to get drunk and just get away from reality for once. This is my reality. Being an alcoholic. Getting involved with drugs. Doing something to get your mind off it. Isn't that something? (sighs) Wow. People will never understand what we go through at a daily basis. People will never, ever understand. They think they understand. They think they, they got it. <laughs> Not even close. People will never understand what we have and what we do. I feel in some ways that people with anxiety and also depression, with PTSD, or whatever mental illness you might have, we're like mutants. Um, we have different abilities. Maybe we're the smart ones and the other ones are just the stupid ones. Maybe we know our senses pick up and we can tell when fear is nearby. It's like our spidey senses that we can tell and detect when there's trouble. We could pick up around people all the time that are nearby. We know that we're in danger and the fear. People don't, confident people, narcissist people don't care about that. They walk with no fear. They walk with confidence. They don't care about getting punched in the face. They don't get care about getting kicked in the stomach. They don't care about that stuff. We do. People with anxiety do. Sleeping, waking up, screaming with panic attacks and horrible nightmares. This is something we live with in our head, but we're not alone. 
a lot of important people in this world had that same issue. So you're not alone. We're not alone, people. The good thing is that we're surrounded by a lot of other talented people with imaginations. J.K. Rowling was a great example. Why she created Harry Potter. With her depression and her anxiety and all that, she created her own little world. I feel the same way. I feel like I create a deliver a message to people with anxiety that there's hope. A chance, a glimmer of hope that you can create your own little Harry Potter world. Surrounding your own kingdom. Your own things. Wouldn't that be something? Creating your own world and then seeing it in a movie or in a book? I'm constantly writing. And I know that people with anxiety uh, journal all the time. Maybe this is my way of journaling to you. Talking to you. The people that understand now. What understand what I'm going through. I go through this all the time. You know what's funny? I think that there's times I can recall that I used to make fun of people that had anxiety and depression and wouldn't listen to them. I wouldn't listen to them. Mm -mm. I would ignore it. I was that guy, that narcissist, that... You know, the bully, you could say. And I didn't care. You're making excuses why you can't come out and do something. I never realized how horrible it was. How tough it was that what I was doing. I was discriminating, discriminating against other people that had anxiety and also depression. I didn't realize how much I was hurting them. Rather encourage them, I was putting them down. You know, you think that I would have been that guy, really nice and everything, but I wasn't. I wasn't. With anger issues, I, you, you become angry about everything, and you snap at people, and you, you're loud and clear, and you just get angry with people constantly about everything. You have no control of your anger. No control at all. You just go out and you yell and scream. That's why I'm creating this podcast called My Anxiety. Because I'm letting people know that you're not alone when you do this. You're not alone. You're not alone at all. You are probably yelling at someone right now or driving somewhere to your location. We're going in full circle now. This all comes back to Mondays. Monday starts off. You wake up. Some of you brush your teeth. Some of you don't brush your teeth. Some of you shower. Some of you don't shower. Some of you just don't give a shit. You're just saying, fuck it. I don't care. You get in that car. You're driving to your workplace. 
and you're afraid. Is today my last day or I'm going to work here? You're taking Imodium. You're taking Pepto because you know what? Your stomach's all upset. It's irritable. You're just freaking the fuck out. You're like, oh my God. So, and this is day one of your job. And you just can't wait for the weekend so you can finally relax. But when, because your brain is working on overdrive, you can't take it anymore and you just pass right out. Your way of getting out, maybe smoking weed, maybe drinking beer, maybe eating, maybe watching Netflix, maybe whatever it is, but your brain is on overdrive, constantly thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, what am I going to do? And that is on day one. That's Monday. Then you go into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Ah, is that something? Just. And then you don't know you have that boss, that manager who is the dick. Who drives to drives you crazy and pushes your point and pushes your button. They don't care if you have anxiety. They don't care if you have depression. They don't care if you have PTSD. They don't care if you have anger management. They don't care if you've been abused. They don't give a fuck. They only care about the business. Do your job. That's it. You don't do it, don't worry. We'll replace you with someone else. They don't care. They don't care. And that's something. They they drive you crazy and you can't do anything about it because you're afraid you might lose your job. That you can't pay your bills. Might not have my house. Might not have my car. Might not have anything. I don't know how I'm going to live. And when you do get some extra money, you're like, hey, what? I want to buy something like video games, comic books, uh, toys, TVs, electronics, whatever it is that makes you happy. Because you felt like I need to be rewarded because I worked an eight hour job. And it's not a job that I really wanted. It's not a job that I went to school for. It's a job that drives me crazy. And this is on Monday. Keep that in mind. Just day one. And you have to get to Tuesday. And you tolerate the shit. You deal with it. The eight hours of abuse. And some of you might come home and start yelling at the ones you love. Your wife, your family. Whatever it is. Your significant other. You are constantly yelling at that person. Snapping out. And then your way to calm down is sitting on the couch or the chair and watching television. Tell me I'm wrong. Comment something differently. Tell me that I am totally wrong what I'm saying. Maybe I am wrong. I don't know. And I don't care. Because I'm telling you my own experience, my anxiety that I go through. 
on a daily basis. And maybe you don't go through that. Maybe you deal with shit every day. I hate dealing with shit and I don't want to deal with it. Why should I deserve, why do I deserve to live in shit, deep in shit all the time? I don't deserve that. You don't deserve that. Nobody deserves that. But we go through it. We tolerate it. We live through it just on the first day of the week. Well, and I also want to mention happy March. March Madness, that's what they call it. March Madness. And it is mad and it's crazy because the weather's changing and the weather could play a factor in how your moods are. You know, it's cold. You don't want to go out. You don't want to do anything. You want to be hibernating inside your house. You know, don't want to get out. Don't want to leave. And then when it gets nice and warm, you're like, maybe, maybe I'll leave the house. And maybe I'll walk. Maybe. Or maybe do nothing at all. You need to find that zen. You need to find what makes you happy. Fat, skinny, whatever you are, you need to be happy with yourself. And you got to love yourself. And you got to tell yourself that every day. That I fucking love myself every fucking day. You need to deliver that message to yourself. No one else is going to control you. You got to control your own destiny. You need to control your own way, your own path, a road that you need to travel. Spiritually, I am very spiritual, um, and I do not deny it. People deny it. I'm like they're ashamed that they believe in God, but there's people that believe in ghosts. Doesn't mean I'm. I don't believe in ghosts. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But it allows me to get through my day. Believing in something allows me to get through my day. And that's the point. Believing in something, believing in money, believing in knowing that you have a future, believe in a retirement, believe whatever it is that gets through that day. I pray and I say to God, please help me get through this day. I need to get through this day. And please, I ask you nicely, please, I don't want to get fired. I don't want to lose my job. I want to buy something nice. I want to do something that's rewarding. Now, every year, every year, I give money to St. Jude's Hospital. It's not the it's not this karma or zen or whatever it is. It's doing the right thing. It makes me feel good about it. Helping someone else. Maybe doing this podcast is rewarding to me knowing that I'm helping someone. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe I'm making it worse. I don't know. We'll have to see where it goes. I have five more episodes. We'll have to see. And maybe we'll have some people smiling knowing that 
I can relate to that. I definitely understand what he's going through at a daily basis. I (laughs) can't stand people. And the thing I always say is I can't stand negative people. But maybe what I'm explaining, maybe I'm negative. And that's the people that I want to be surrounded by. I don't know. Or maybe I'm surrounded by people that are positive. They always say surround yourself by positive people at, at every day of your life. But when you go to work, you don't surround by... You surround, you surround yourself with all type of people. Bad, good, ugly, whatever it is. You're surrounded by all types of people. And you can't bounce that off of you, that negativity, that, that angry customer that comes in. I don't know if you're dealing with customers. Maybe you're dealing with graphic arts or maybe you're just dealing with, you know, you're a chef or a restaurant. You don't deal with dealing with the customers. You're dealing with the, the, the asshole manager or the owner of something. You know, listening to them telling you what to do. You're a lot smarter than that. You know what to say and what to do and how to, how to do your job. I just want to be left alone. I don't need you to watch right over me what I'm doing. Just leave me alone. Allow me to do my job. And I promise you with results that I will do my job. But don't fuck with me. That's the only thing I ask is do not fuck with me. Allow me be me, who I am at an everyday basis. I don't want to be you. I just want to be me. And that's who I always wanted to be. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to be left alone and just do, do what I have to do, get paid, and then... There's times where I do want someone to come over and see someone, hold their hand, hug them, kiss them. But maybe that will be my next episode, talking about being alone, alone, dying. Uh, See, again, my emotions are kicking out and it always scares me to know what I'm going to say next. I don't know. I don't know, but my fear is being alone. I died once. That's the truth. I was in Ocean City, Maryland, and I was walking. And I felt like shit. I'm sitting in a chair. uh, No, excuse me. I'm sitting on a bench and uh, getting up and I'm feeling oozy. And they had to call an ambulance. And people around me did not want to help. Not at all. They, look at, they looked at me like I was an alcoholic. They didn't care. I'm throwing up. I'm, and I'm ready to collapse and crash. And this was it. I get in the ambulance. They had to defib me. Use a defibrillator just to shock my heart to get me going. 
Isn't that something? And then I get to the hospital, it's almost surreal, and I'm seeing lights in a circle, and I'm feeling that this is it, I'm going to die. But the doctor saved my life, he got me through it. It made me closer to God, maybe closer than ever before, because of death. But I'll talk more about that, dying alone or being alone. It's a scary thing. And that's another anxiety issue that a lot of people go through. But I'm happy that I'm able to share, share my story with you. Please share, comment. And then you can always email me, mcazman76 at gmail.com at any time if you have any questions about my podcast. Um, I hope you enjoy it. And again, my anxiety, Mike Caswell. And thank you again and enjoy your Monday.